everybody cares No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody Here on Buddy Cats Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. It's another edition of everybody's favorite show, BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a very special buddy. You know him, you love him. He's been on the show multiple times. He's Mr. Hashtag Positivity, Jonas Kane. How you doing, buddy? Hashtag positivity. I'm doing great. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. I couldn't think of anyone better to help us spread some holiday cheer, you know? Some positivity. Because let's face it, Jonas, it's this time it's hit or miss. You're either hashtag positivity or you're Mr. Grinch, you know? Very it- true. It's so true. Because it is such a joyous time of year. It's it's as the song says, it's the most. Wonderful time of the year. And yet for many folks, you know, this is a time of gloom and doom and grief and reminders of why they're they're feeling miserable. So it's it's um it could be a whirlwind of, of emotions and a mixture of all of them. It could be a soup of emotions. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. It can be anything. It can be a moment of, hey, this is time for family, or it could be a time of remembering family. It can be a time of, you know, getting together with friends or a time of just seeing everybody else with friends, you know? It's all a matter of how you percept it. But, you know, we're here to spread holiday cheer, not holiday gloom. Yes. So what are some of your favorite ways to spread holiday cheer? Well, for me personally, uh, you know, I'm just going to share what works for me is spending time with loved ones, making that a priority. The people who not only, well, well they're loved ones for a reason. They're the ones who we love, the ones who we love, the ones that we have this emotional investment in. So making, spending time with them a priority, absolute must. Yes, absolute must. You're absolutely right. It can be so easy to get lost in the hustle and bustle of everyday life to all of a sudden turn around and realize, oh, wait a minute, it's the holidays. Why haven't I, why haven't I taken some time to, to be with my family and friends? And I use, I use the word loved ones to really encompass all of those because, you know, Nick, you and I, you know, you know we're, not, we're not blood relatives, but you are a loved one. So here I am spending some time with you. I like to use the word share. I like to share time. Yes. And you're absolutely right. You don't have to be blood related to be family. You know, you don't have to be, your DNA doesn't have to match my DNA in order to say, hey, we're brothers, you know? It's all in the heart. Exactly. Exactly. So like I said before, this time's hit or miss. It's either you're Mr. Hashtag Positivity or you're Mr. Grinch. How can we lean more towards when we're feeling Grinch like? How can we lean towards positivity more? Uh, minus, you know, spending time with family, of course, and everything. I like how you termed it also being a Grinch. I have this philosophy that I came up with. Oh, it's probably been uh, almost a decade ago. I, I I really started to to formalize this, and it's this this philosophy that personally for me, my view of happiness, I want to be. The uh, I want to be the Who's down in Whoville, even after the Grinch stole Christmas. 
And what I mean by that is if you've seen the movie or read the book, which many yes. of us have, uh, it, fun aside, by the way, I live in Holyoke, Massachusetts, and every day on my way to uh, work, I drive uh, over the mountain into East Hampton. And East Hampton, I don't know if you know this, they are the original inspiration for the Who's down in Dr. Seuss would hang out and, and he would look down on, on East Hampton and he was like, oh, those are the Who's down in Whoville. And he came up with this whole story. So I absolutely love that this philosophy, this theory of mine, and now I get to live it every day interacting mm -hmm. with Who's. That's just an interesting aside. Yes. But we can't control what happens to us. We can't uh -huh. control what is given to us, what is taken away from us. We can't control the thoughts, emotions, words, and actions of others. The only thing we can control is how we respond to the things that happen to us. Even if a Grinch steals Christmas, however we define Grinch. Maybe the Grinch is uh, some sort of personal tragedy. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a lost loved one. Maybe maybe you lost a job. Maybe you don't have any money or you have less money. Maybe, maybe you have a... It could be something as simple as you're stuck in traffic. <laughs> yes. We uh, all have been a Grinch in traffic before. Oh my goodness! Sorry, I become I become Mister Negativity. <laughs> even even me, I become Mister Negativity. What? It's true. It's true. We all have we all have our triggers. But the key is, and this is the whole point of the story, to become the Who's down in Whoville, even after the Grinch stole Christmas, and it's reminding ourselves of what truly matters most. Of instead of focusing on what we lost, focus on what we have. Instead of focusing on the gap between the way things are and the way we that we hope or wish things to be, focus on 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 gratitude. Which is why I go back to, again to our loved ones because what did the Who's do at the end of the story when the Grinch stole Christmas and all the material possessions were gone, all the worldly pleasures of the world were were, were gone? What did they do? They came together to sing. They came together to sing as a family, friends, as a community, focusing on relationships. But you keep reminding me of my favorite quote from the book, from the movie. He, he sits there and he's puzzling and he's puzzling. It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And that's what he thinks. Wait a minute. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means something more. Boom. I All love that you heard that Three memory. times. Not once, not twice. Three times that day. That's, my favorite. that's my favorite part of the book. It's an excellent part of the book. And that really, that sums up my personal philosophy, not just of the holidays, but every time of the year, there's a song by, uh, well, I don't know who wrote it, but I know Bing Crosby sang it. It was called the, um, what was it called? The the Christmas Wish, I think it was called. Mm. Um, it's not the Christmas things we do at Christmas time, but the Christmas things we do all year through. Mm-hmm. And it, and it comes back to our relationships. It comes back to our choices. How are we responding? Uh, Trent doesn't want us. To... <laughs> That's a 
Hilarious Trent. I would love to hear you sing, Trent. Trent is for you don't want to hear me sing. How are uh, we responding to our circumstances? I think if, if Trent were to sing, I would respond with a smile. Even if, you know, here's the thing. I would respond, I would find something good about the his singing. Maybe it's, oh, thank you for thinking of me. Yes. Yes. You'd Maybe that, give him encouragement to get lessons. <laughs> yeah. You'd be that teacher. You'd be that, like, or you'd be that one pair. I liked it, you know? Like, it was good, you know? <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. half the audience is going. Yeah. I think about that often, the idea of encouragement. Yes. If it comes back to, again, around this time of year. But I had an experience. Uh, Braden Daniels, two of my favorite buddies. Thank you, Braden. It's good to see you, too. Mm -hmm. I had an experience a number of years ago. I was the choir director of a youth leadership choir. So it was this youth leadership camp and part of the event was they had a choir that mm -hmm. just people could self-elect to join the choir and they had me as the choir director horrible decision because i don't sing <laughs> <laughs> uh or at least i don't sing to the level of perhaps a, a choir director should uh but the point it was was that it wasn't about um perfection it was about experience trying new things so i encouraged the students at the at the beginning of the week you were all here coming from all different places in the uh, of, of the state this was this was specifically for massachusetts you're coming from all over massachusetts meeting people you've never met you're going to have experiences that you've never had i encourage you try something new if you're one person back home and you've never tried being someone else or trying something else or trying new things, how are you going to know who you really are until you explore? Join the choir, I told them. Join the choir, even if you don't sing it back home. And join they did. We had one of the biggest choirs that year that we'd ever had. and, uh, and But still, comparatively, there was like 600 students and only like 20 or 30 students actually uh, had the confidence to join the choir. And most of them had zero count them zero percent experience singing and yet they joined they had they gave it their all they 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 came with passion they came with excitement they tried new things and throughout their week we rehearsed together we had fun together we laughed together and then the night of their big performance came it was awful <laughs> they sounded terrible <laughs> But as they came off the stage, I gave them two thumbs up. I said, wonderful job. And, and one of the students called me out and she said, don't lie. And I said, whoa, I, I, I made this a teachable moment. I said, I'm not lying. Your performance. Oh, that was awful. But, <laughs> but <laughs> having the confidence to step up in front of 600 of your peers, st strangers from all over the state, trying something that you've never done before and getting on, I'm getting chills just thinking about this. That is what I'm saying, wonderful job. That is how you become the who's down in Whoville. That is how you build confidence. That's how you grow through life instead of just going through life. That's how we can really take charge, having this internal locus of control, directing our lives. That's truly the way to do it. So, um, so yeah, it, all of this is to say, Trent, if you're saying to me, I'd have something nice to say, even if it was a teachable moment. Mm -hmm. 
That's absolutely great. Now, speaking of singing, what are some of your favorite Christmas tunes? My favorite Christmas tunes. Well, I, I mentioned the Bing Crosby song. It's not the Christmas things you do at Christmas time, but those Christmas things you do all year through. So that's one. Another one is, I don't know if you believe in Christmas. Or if you have presents underneath the Christmas tree. So that's a song that John Denver sang on the Christmas album with the Muppets. Ooh. I love that one. It's it's what I like about it is it's inclusive. You know, it's saying, you know what? I don't know if you believe in Christmas. Maybe you're not even religious at all. Maybe you're not even spiritually minded at all. But you know what? This this time of year, I I believe in love. And if you do too, that's more than enough for you to come and celebrate with me. That's what I love about that. So inclusive rather than dividing. Yes. Now, quick follow-up question. Who's your favorite Muppet? Oh, my favorite Muppet. Oh, I would have to say, you know, as a kid, I've always, for some reason, I always had an affinity for, for Bert of Bert and Ernie. Yes. And I just liked how serious he took the... When I was a kid, I was very serious. I, I didn't like fun. I didn't like fun things. So I really liked Bert for that mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. Great answer. I love that. Favorite Muppet. Oh, I've got a few of them. I like Animal because he's just, he does what he does. You know, he does what he does. Like, he's not afraid to go out and rock on the drums. He's very, but I'm also, as a comedian, I love Fozzie Bear. Because even though his jokes are terrible, he still goes out and does them, you know? Can I change my answer? I want to say Fozzie Bear. Yes. Yes, of <laughs> course. Yes. I didn't do it. I've been framed. Waka, you know? waka, waka. Exactly. The Swedish chef is always good for a little toss-up. Literally. Literally yeah. tossing things up. Yeah. It's just ultimately, like it's, also, it's like a juggler. Can't yeah. stop throwing up. Yeah. But the sick juggler. Yeah. Ultimately... I think my all-time favorite would probably be Gonzo because Gonzo has spent movies and episodes just wondering who he really is, you know? Like he like there's the whole Muppets in space. He's asking like everyone else knows what they are. Like you're a frog, you're a bear, you're a whatever. What am I? You know? You know, I don't think I know enough about Gonzo, but what you just mentioned, that is very deep and profound. I, I think that it's that's very mm-hmm. revealing, and it, it, and those are questions we should all be asking. Yes. Who are we really? Yes. Exactly. Oh, I know who he likes. Super Grover. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was a little boy, I had a little Grover figurine. Oh, yes. One of my favorite toys. Not Grover. It was Gonzo. It was Gonzo. Okay, it was a Gonzo. Oh. It was a Gonzo, and he was wearing a purple suit. And the reason this was one of my favorite toys, because I was always, you know, being very serious boy, just like Bert. I really liked to to dress formally and be all proper. And I was like, oh, this little Gonzo, you know, he's so, so, so dapper. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to that toy. It's, it's long gone now, but, you know. Yes. You know how probably things- sold in, Probably sold in your parents' yard sale or something, you know? Probably, or my child burned down, so maybe it's just yeah. dust. Could be. 
But if it's sold somewhere, it's probably making a kid happy today, you know, just like it made you happy. I like to pass on joy. So that's a that's a good good insight. Yes. I hope that's the case. Yes. Honey, who's your favorite Muppet? Um I actually I'll admit I haven't watched the Muppets in a long time. But all I know is or actually I'll say Big Bird. Oh. And then um the girl with like the pink hair. Abby Cadabby? Um, yeah. Pigtails. Yeah. Yep. I I again changed my answer because <laughs> you reminded me of another Muppet, Snuffleupagus. Yes. That oh Snuffleupagus, definitely Snuffleupagus. Yes. I just realized uh, Big Bird isn't. Yeah, he is. Oh, he is. Yeah, Sesame Street's also the Muppets. Oh, okay. Yes. I yeah. get this confused. They were both. They, they were both made by Jim Henson. Oh, nice. It counts. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Now you're also a magician. So how do you incorporate Christmas cheer and Christmas magic into your magic act? So. That is an excellent question, and I, I, I recently uh, helped uh, facilitate a presentation for the magic community on the concept of holiday magic. And interestingly, for me personally, my personal approach to holiday magic is the, the themes of holidays, of love and inclusiveness and togetherness and relationships – I, I use that in my presentations all year round. I go back to the Bing Crosby song. It's not the Christmas things we do at Christmas time. It's the Christmas things we do all year through. The Christmas card we send at Christmas time won't make up for a year of ignoring people. Uh, so in my in my performances, whether they're in my magic acts or in their in my keynotes and workshops with hashtag positivity, hashtag positivity. Uh, there it is. Mm -hmm. I. I incorporate those those themes. So when I do uh, specifically a holiday party or a Christmas party, wherever the, the case may be, I just do my act. I just do my act. I, I don't I don't I, I don't I don't bother doing anything different because I'm already doing it. I, I really see my work in magic. Uh, how do I word this carefully? I, I see it as spreading the good news. In a, mm -hmm. in a secular way. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And I love how I love how you always can you're that like you're that positive magician. You're hashtag positivity, but you aim to make your things positive. Like when you do the card in the lemon trick, you know, you make it so positive. Like you make it like, yeah, life gives us lemons, but here's how you make it lemonade. That's true because I again we can't control what happens to us. Nope. We can't control if you know the if the Grinch steals our happiness, but we can choose. We can choose to find happiness, and I I actually I like to phrase it as joy. The this highest level of happiness that neither rust nor moth can steal. That's joy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now speaking of Grinch, you know we talked about that. We talked about a few other things. What's your favorite Christmas movie? What gets you in the holiday spirit? Oh, my, I, I would say there, there's two that instantly came to mind, and I hesitate to say them because they're so stereotypical. Uh -huh. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, mm -hmm. gosh, by golly, that's I weep. But, you know, it's just orchestrated so well, I weep at the end. Uh, and then, of course, the other one is A Christmas Carol. Yes. Uh, specifically, oh, I forget who the director, I, I forget even what it 
know, who was in it, but there was this musical version that was done probably in the 50s or six, probably 60s, actually. And uh, there's a line in one of the songs, life, uh, life, I like life, life likes me. Uh, if life were a woman, she would be my wife. <laughs> and so it's this—it's it's such a positive and happy version of of that. Um, that was, of course, the ghost of Christmas present singing that that song. Uh, so, so those two two movies because they they show internal struggle, uh, and then this journey to transformation. Which I suppose any story does that, but as mm -hmm. Christmas versions of that story, those. By the way, speaking of Christmas movies and speaking of It's a Wonderful Life, you know who I think the modern day Jimmy Stewart is? Who's that? Now, this might be controversial for some people, but I think the modern day Jimmy Stewart is uh, is Nicolas Cage. Ooh, pray tell. I just think, you know, I'm specifically thinking of his performance in the movie Family Man. Have you ever seen that? I think so. I think I've seen bits and pieces. It's kind of like a modern day It's a Wonderful Life. Similar sort of themes. If his life, uh, in, in, in It's a Wonderful Life, it was as if he had never been born. But uh -huh. in Family Man, it's as if it was sort of like an alternate parallel reality. If he had made a different choice earlier in life, instead of going the uh, the hedonistic lifestyle of the rich corporate executive, if he instead chose the joy that comes with relationships and family building, uh, mm -hmm. what is how his life would have been different. There's conflicts in both in, in both lines, uh, but he got to see how his life could have been different. So it's kind of like, like it's kind of like the Santa Claus three the uh, with Tim Allen. I haven't yeah. seen the third one. I only saw the first one. There's actually a second and a third. So the first one, he becomes Santa. The second one, he has to find a Mrs. Claus. And mm -hmm. the third one, it's kind of like the It's a Wonderful Life thing. Like, what if he never put on the jacket and become Santa at all type of deal? Oh, you that's know? interesting. I'd like to see that. So, and like, it kind of, like, flashes him back. Like, hey, like, if I had never become Santa, here's how life would be different. Like, I wouldn't have all these wonderful people in my life. Everything would be so negative. And the North Pole would become commercialized. So mm -hmm. it's a great movie. It's one of my favorites because at the end, it really becomes positive. It really becomes like everything comes up in his favor. You know, he realizes his blessings. He gets a surprise at the end of the movie. It's very, uh, it's very heartwarming. I got to watch this. Yes. It's on Disney Plus if you have Disney Plus. I have Disney Plus. I'll check it out. Awesome. Watch the second one, though, first because there's a part in it, that major part that's going to make sense later, you know? You know what I'm going to do? Marathon night, one, two, and three all in a row. Bam. I know what we're doing this weekend, honey. <laughs> uh, so, you know, one of one of other my favorite Christmas movies is Home Alone. Especially Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yeah. The one scene I love, the one part I love is how he finds that one character that throughout the entire movie he's afraid of, like the old man with the shovel who everyone is spreading rumors about or the pigeon lady who's, you know, feeding the birds in Central Park. But then in the middle of the movie, he becomes friends with them. You know, he instead of screaming at the top of his lungs and running away from them, he goes, maybe I should give this guy a chance. He is coming to sit next to me at church. And he is coming to, you know, or she, you know, maybe she's not that bad of a person. She just helped me, like, get out of a hole or something. You know, 
And the one line that I have, or the one thing that I absolutely love about the Christmas movie is that they will, in the end, they come back to save him. You know, he has the run it, he goes through the whole traps, the whole nine yards, and then he gets trapped himself some way, somehow, slips on ice, or, you know, they find a shortcut and trap him, you know, and corner him. But they come back and they help him, you know? Mm -hmm. And then at the end, he sees some magic happen with them at the end, too. The old man reconnects with his family. The He gives the woman the turtle doves and says, you know, no matter how far away we are, as long as we have one of these together, we'll be friends forever. And I promise I'll never forget you. So just wanted to throw that note out there, you know? That's beautiful. Yes. You know, and the one part about the second movie is he's kind of feeling bad because he's feeling like, hey, I wished I was away from my family again. I wished. Like, they're all just... But then... So she's like, you know, and the woman teaches him about good deeds, about being kind and everything. Like, he's like, I don't have enough good deeds in me to make it happen this year, you know. But she says, it's Christmas Eve. Good deeds count double this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that leads into my next question. How can we spread more good deeds this Christmas season? Good deeds? Oh, my goodness. There are countless, there are countless ways to spread good deeds and it doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of times, especially uh, this time of year, we do a lot of focus on commercialized and spending money and buying things, but good deeds have no price tag. Uh, good deeds, it could be as simple, as simple as, as, as offering someone a smile. It activates... Uh, what's called the mirror neurons. When we see someone smile, even if we don't realize it, we oftentimes will smile in response and unless we consciously stop it because we're in a sour mood. We're like, no, I don't want to be happy. <laughs> and then actually we, we, we can fight it. But if we're, I dare say most of us spend most of our time in in what I call default mode rather than design mode. And if we're in yes. default mode, then even... Even if we're in a sour mood, if we see someone smile, we're going to smile too. Um, and that, that can be just the thing that, that they need to, uh, to turn their whole day around. So that's one thing, reaching out, connecting with people like, like you did, Nick. You, know, you, you reached out to me and you connected with me. It could be as simple as a text message. Uh, it could be as complicated as going over and visiting someone. It could be a phone call, a Zoom call, anything to let others know that you're thinking of them. Again, it doesn't have to be a gift. And if you do give a gift, it could be something that you make. It could be playing a song for someone. It, it could be creating something in that, that's just for them uh, to let them know that you love them and that you're considering them. And that, oh my goodness, that cannot be understated. I'm going to say it again. Letting other people know that some, at least one other person is thinking about them, that is huge. I started a, uh, a practice over, it was almost two years ago now. Every day I, I sing happy birthday to, uh, to people on, on, on social media. If I know it's their birthday, I will, I will make a video singing happy birthday to them. I have sung happy birthday well over 2000 times over the past two years. And, uh, a lot of people, you know, just think it's silly. They're like, oh, they, oh, isn't that cute? Jonas is singing to me. Some people don't even care, you know, because they don't check social media. But other people, 
it, it's sort of like that 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 parable of the seeds. Uh, you know, you know, you sow seeds. You don't know where they're going to land. Some land on rock and they don't blossom. Some land on loose soil. They take root, but then they easily crumble. Some land though on good soil and they take root. You know, so that's for me singing happy birthday. That's me casting out these seeds, doing these these good deeds for for, for people because, and I it cannot be understated. Letting someone else know that at least one other person is thinking about them can be a game changer for their life. Yes. Especially at the holidays. So important. Yes. It actually reminds me of a really good story. I was, this is kind of like one of those sour moods to better moods. This was when I was a younger buddy, you know, like a younger, you know, kind of like, kind of all admit a little spoiled child, you know. Um, My high school had the um, Thanksgiving dinners for the less fortunate. And it was on a Sunday. I had a lot of homework, but I have to go to this. You know, my whole family's going to do this. So I guess I have to do this too, blah, blah. Again, nowadays, you know me, I'm the first person to sign the paper and go, let's get to work. You know, but back then, I'll admit. But that day, actually, I had this positive encounter that I'll never forget. I met this gentleman. His name was Cleveland. And he was just the happiest go lucky guy there. So thankful every time you brought him a meal. So thankful to be served. I sat down and before I knew it, I was sitting down to talk to him. And I learned about him. I learned how he fishes for his food every day. He, you know, he loves to fish. He loves to go down to the dock and just catch a fish. And that's his dinner. Like he helps himself. He doesn't, you know, that's, that stood out to me the most. So that Christmas, I asked my parents, I'm like, is it too late to ask Santa for a little present, you know? And they said, you know, and they said, well, put a request into him. What do you, what would you like? And I said, I'd like a fishing pole because I want to meet that guy down at the bay and, mm-hmm. you know, just go fishing with him because his energy definitely bounced off on me today, you know? Like his energy definitely shown on me. Because of that, I got my dad back into fishing. You know, I got my dad back into the hobby. We now have a family boat, which we've created so many memories on. All because I went to that one dinner to serve that one man. You know? It it just takes one moment and it takes one person deciding to go first. Yes, exactly. Just one. That's right. It just takes one. Just one. Not a million. Not three. Not two one so that actually reminds me you know i talked about a gift that i was given what about what's one of the best gifts you've ever given and best gifts you've ever got oh that is an excellent question uh i would say the best gift the first thing that came to mind when you said about giving a gift two things came to mind really and one of them was it was the first time that I really put a lot of thought into giving a gift to someone. So that's why I'm going to bring this up. And this was when I was working at a grocery store. This was back in like uh, uh, college, the, the early college days. I was working at a, a grocery store, Big Y in, in Palmer, Massachusetts. And I was working in the deli department and we decided to do Secret Santa. Mm. And so everyone, we, they, we put our names in a hat. We drew our names and I, I vowed I wanted to get 
a really meaningful gift without so but in order to get a meaningful gift you have to really know someone and it was the person that i was drawn it was kind of a newer employee so i didn't really know much about what she was into so you know i i, I wanted to be sneaky about it so you you know how when you're working alongside people you just chit chat a little bit yep so for the next couple of weeks i just very slyly just be like oh what sort of hobbies are you into? What do you do? You know, I, just like trying to trying to feel her out. And I, I found out that she's uh, she likes to write poetry and journals. So I was like, ah, I can get a journal. I can get a notebook and like maybe a pen, a fancy pen or something. And then I pro I probed a little bit further. I real I found out that she she liked fairies. She like collected fairies. So I said, ah, notebook with fairies on it. <laughs> so. When when it came time to exchange gifts, oh you my goodness, Nick, you should have seen her face. She was like, oh. she said, "This is the perfect gift. This is so meaningful. How did you know?" And I said, "Well, <laughs> you, you told me. You told me what you wanted." Uh, so I, I guess the story there, or or the lesson there, is in order to give a meaningful gift, a special gift, know the person. Mm-hmm. Know what they want, you know, it's kind of like um, one of my one of my like, you know, nieces um, was telling me how uh, she's really looking forward to Christmas because she's going to get new socks. Now, that's usually a joke that, you know, kids like, oh, we get socks for Christmas. But she's serious. She really likes like fancy socks that are like warm and fuzzy. She's really excited about that. Whereas some kids. But like, oh, socks. Close again. <laughs> so it's knowing the person, knowing what, knowing what they, what they like, what they're into, and uh, so, so that's the first thing that came to mind was that that notebook story. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. You actually reminded me of something. Back in second grade, we did Secret Santa too, and there was a boy in our class who was in, you know, like morning and afternoon sessions who had Down syndrome and um, excuse me one second, someone's readjusting here. Um, So the boy had Down syndrome and I picked his name. A few people heard I picked his name and were like joking around saying, oh, you should get him art supplies or something because he never has those with it. Like they were just like, basically, I don't want to say making fun of him, but you know, we're kind of just like picking at it, you know, like you should do this. I talked to my mom about it. I'm like, I don't want to do something like that. Like, yeah, art supplies would be cool, but I want to, I want him to be like everyone else and get a meaningful gift. So she found him this nice uh, toy of some sort. I can't remember what it was, but I do remember presenting it to him. I remember giving him this toy. He got this look on his face and he gave me the biggest hug ever. Like he just came up to me. He was like, <gasps> my heart, like, like that to me meant more than what I got that year. Like some kid gave me something like, thanks, let me look. But that moment right there made the day, made everything. Like I would just, I, I could have gotten nothing that day and would have been, I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> just that one hug that day was enough Christmas gift for me to know that I didn't go to those pranksters who were like, oh yeah, get them art supplies, get them there, all that. I, you know, I just was, I want to treat him like everyone else, you know? Because he is just like everyone else. Exactly. We're you all know, when I, uh, yes. 
you know, you know me, you know, I'm a little person. And when I was in the ministry, I, I would always give my life story and everything. And our main, our um, general manager would come up afterwards and say, you know what the main difference between Nick and you is, or Nick and me, you can see his challenge. And that's mm-hmm. it. Just like everyone else, you can see challenges in some people. Mm-hmm. Can't see yours, you know? And that was the only difference between that boy and me. That's very profound. Yes. Because everyone is struggling with something. Yes. So now my mind's kind of drifting towards like Christmas miracles. Have you ever witnessed a Christmas miracle yourself? A Christmas miracle? Uh, I wouldn't say I've just, I mean, I know I've experienced just miracles in general, but as far as a Christmas miracle, I can't say that I've known. I'm sure. Uh, here's the thing. I'm sure I have experienced one, but perhaps yes. my eyes just weren't open to it. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced a Christmas miracle? Which really begs the, the the question. You know, how often? How often do we miss the miracles that are all around us? Mm-hmm. Because we're just because they don't look like what we think we're looking for. Uh, did you know that horse flies don't bite zebras? Mm. Even though they bite all the other animals, <laughs> but they don't bite zebras uh, because the zebras don't look like what the horse flies think that they're looking for. It has something to do with, according to scientists, their best guess is it has something to do with their stripes, the reflective Polaroid's light coming off their coat. It confuses the horse flies and they don't. See, they don't. They don't understand what they're seeing. How mm-hmm. often are we the horse flies? How how often yes. do we miss what's right in front of us? Yes, that is very, very, very true. How many times do we see this is actually a miracle developing in front of us? But we're just—it's just the normal day, you know. And um, one Christmas miracle story I have for you came from our show yesterday. We had the pleasure of having Santa Claus back on our show. I love Santa Claus. How's he doing? He's doing great. I'm glad we got him on now because he's very busy, you know, around this time. I'm surprised so, we even got him. I mean, this is exactly. I must be really on the good list this year. But he told a Christmas miracle story. He told um, he was visiting a grade school, you know, doing some undercover work and, you know, was visiting a grade school. And he told he got this little girl who said all she wants for Christmas is for her brother to talk again because her brother recently had what they thought was a stroke. It turns out it wasn't a stroke. It was just some something else. But he lost his ability to speak for a period of time. And that's all she wanted for Christmas. So Santa went to the school office to inquire about the boy, um, found out that he knows the father, contacted the father, and the father gave him the whole rundown. And about a couple of years later, down the road, Santa did more undercover work and went to help a church um, set up a, nat- a nativity scene. And there was this one boy there who was being super helpful, was being super great, super positive. And guess who that boy was? Yeah, it was the boy. And he was talking. Christmas miracle. Yes. So that was one story I just wanted to share with our viewers in case you missed it yesterday. That is amazing. Yep. Now, buddy, I got a little Christmas gift for you. A gift for me? I didn't get you anything. This is a verbal gift, I should say. Okay. Okay. So you're sponsoring one of our questions, and I want to ask you, 
since it's your favorite question of all, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? You know, I've I said it in various ways throughout this entire presentation. It's letting other people know that you care, letting other people know that someone is thinking about them, spending time with loved ones, however we define it. Uh, I I think often about about the idea of who do we include as us and who do we exclude as others. Mm. And, and when we bring more people into who we include as us by recognizing um, not what separates us, not recognizing why, how we're all different, but recognizing how we're all the same, how, how we all have struggles, how we're all doing the best we can, how we all have hopes and dreams, how we all just want to get through this life, experience as much joy as we can along the way. When we do that, oh my goodness, we realize that everyone can be us if we allow it. Yes. That's what it means to be someone's buddy. I love that answer. That's why you sponsor that question. I'm my favorite. Happy. Yes. Now, I asked you, how can we be, how can we, you know, what's it mean to be a buddy? How about this? What does it mean to be Santa this year? How can we be more like Santa? How can we be Santa this year? You know, that's that's a very interesting question. There's this man that I, I, I knew. His name was George Parks. Well, it still is George Parks. He's just no longer with us physically. But he was the leader of the UMass Minutemen Marching Band at UMass Amherst. I had the, the pleasure of working under him uh, under his direction a number of times. Uh, and he had this – I never heard him share this philosophy, but I've heard other people share this philosophy that, uh, that came from him. It's this idea that when you're a child, you believe in Santa. You mm -hmm. believe in the magic of Santa. When you become, you know, a little older, like a teenager or so, you stop believing in Santa because Santa doesn't look like what you think you're looking for. They, they become like those horse flies. And then when you get even older, all of a sudden, you become Santa. And you cannot help but believe in yourself when you become Santa Claus. So first you believe, then you don't, then you become. It goes back to that story, you know, of of of, of any good story of uh, of of trials and tribulations. Uh, going back to Jimmy Stewart, going back to a Macaulay Culkin, you know, in those stories to transformation. Believe, don't believe become transformation just like so, a miracle on 34th street oh, that's another great one yeah uh so to answer your question in so many words i think it really comes down to 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 be santa we have to first of course we have to believe in santa which really means that we have to believe in ourselves we have to believe that that we that we do have the power to grace someone's life. I'm going to recite a poem to you mm -hmm. that I think will drive it all home. A guardian angel flew down from above to teach me a lesson about the powers of love. She whispers to me, takes a hold of my hand. There are so many things I wish you to understand. 
but the powers of love and all it can do to grace someone's life when they're in distress. It doesn't take much to show some you care to give them the love that God gave you to share. So please keep in mind all the powers you possess to grace someone's life when they're in distress. And with those final words, Mr. Nick Sorison, my buddy, she disappeared up above. I'm paraphrasing because I hadn't recited that in a while, but something to that effect. Gracing people's lives. It doesn't take much. A pat on the back, a kind smile on your face. Believing in Santa by being Santa, by being, uh, being the good, being that vision, being stepping into the fullness of who you are. I absolutely love that answer, buddy. Now for the ultimate buddy cast buddy question is there any other holiday advice you want to give our audience i have one more question after this so don't go anywhere oh do you have any other holiday advice you want to give to our buddies listening today i will say this i will say uh if you don't like <laughs> i know what i'm going to say if you don't like what you're seeing if you don't like what you're experiencing all you got to do is look at things with a new lens. This is a kaleidoscope that a woman named Jen makes. And I specifically got myself a kaleidoscope so that no matter where I go, and it's on a necklace. Oh, <laughs> so, nice. so no matter where I go, I'm able to look at the circumstances and situations with new eyes in a new way. Same set of information but we're framing it differently. So I encourage you, if if you're going through the holidays and, oh my gosh, my golly, you're running into too many Grinches, or if you are that Grinch, get yourself a proverbial kaleidoscope or a literal, a literal kaleidoscope if you want to. You know, it serves as a nice, a nice anchor, a nice reminder. So consciously choose how you look at the world around you. you it can be the difference between finding a whole bunch of dirt or finding the gold. Exactly. Love the advice. Now, buddy, you know how we have to close out this, this show, right? How are we ending the show today? Can you sing us your favorite holiday tune on the ukulele? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. I don't know if you believe in Christmas. Or if you have presents underneath the Christmas tree. But if you believe in love, that will be more than enough for you to come and celebrate with me. For I have held the precious gift that love brings. Even though I never saw a Christmas star, I know there is a light. I have felt it burning bright, and I have seen it shining from afar. Christmas is the time to come together. A time to put all differences aside. 
Excellent job, buddy. Thank you for helping us spread holiday cheer on this episode of BuddyCast. It's the most wonderful time of year, and I'm glad I got to see you before you head off on your next adventure. So thank you, buddy. You're very welcome, and thank you, buddy. It's always a joy to see you and Jessica. Yes. Say hi, honey. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So wonderful. Yeah, she truly is. She's my Christmas miracle, you know? She's my Christmas miracle. She's. I'm glad we get to spend our first holiday together. So Beautiful. Yes. For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy, Jonas Kane. You know him, you love him. Look him up, hashtag positivity. And you know, Jonas, here's, the, here's my advice for the world out there on how to really spread Christmas cheer. Go be someone's buddy today. I love we'll you, buddy. Catch, love you too, buddy. We'll catch you next time here on everybody's favorite show, Buddy Cast. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past. Buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cast. Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.